This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Welcome campers to this week's fireside chat. Please excuse my uncharacteristically gravelly tone. I am recovering from COVID. But I am on the mend. I am on the mend. Anyway, uh, this week, we had the distinct pleasure of sitting down with one of the show's closest friends. She is the head researcher for Small Town Monsters, the mastermind behind STM Publishing, and a contributing writer to the feminine macabre. In addition to all the professional and academic accomplishments that the scene knows her so well for, Heather Mosier also happens to be an extremely dedicated ghost hunter. For this interview, it is here that our focus lies. We discuss the special place that ghost hunting has had in her life and in her journey of self-discovery through exposure to the paranormal. All right. Heather Mosier, welcome back to the show. I'm super excited that you were taking the time. Hey, I'm excited to be here again. Yay! Yeah. I mean, we, we've, like, worked together. We talk all the time. Like, but we recently realized there's a whole part of what you've done, like, your history with this stuff that we have never really discussed in depth. And mm. I'm excited we're going to talk about your paranormal investigations. Yeah. Ghost hunting. Which term do you prefer? <laughs> I don't mind the term ghost hunting um, because I don't, I mean, I don't see, I'm not meaning it in a harmful way. I'm not literally like ghost busting or something, you know? Right. Um, and uh, I don't know, just it, it, I'm, I'm not as serious, I think as maybe some people are when it comes to this. That doesn't mean that I like mock it or anything and I'm not being disrespectful. It's just that I'm curious and I want to have fun when I'm out, even if things do get a little scary. Um, But I feel like saying paranormal investigator maybe would give the impression that I'm a little harder about it than than I really am. I don't know. I don't know. Ghost hunting, it just sounds cooler to me. (laughs) Agreed. Not in a bad way, again. (laughs) Yeah. You don't plan on making ghost steaks afterward. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That's so silly. (laughs) Like, I, I prefer that term, too, honestly. I think I generally, like, I can decide how much I'm going to get along with a person or in what way I'm going to get along with a person who does this, depending mm-hmm. on what term they prefer. Yeah. Cause like there are people who take this very seriously. Yeah. Like, very, very seriously. And that's fine. I think like we need some people like that. Right. But mm-hmm. you're definitely going to get more fun talking through, you know, stories with people who call it ghost hunting. I'm just going right. to say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, um, on Instagram, I've I've got, I've been lucky enough to meet some friends, ghost hunting friends that I knew on Instagram, but then got to meet them in person since meeting them on Instagram. One of them is the ghoul guide. Yeah. And uh, her name's Courtney. I've heard her say multiple times, you know, guys, we're just talking to 
a room of air. I mean, that's literally what we're doing right now. We're in a room, there's air, nothing's even, you know, maybe something hasn't happened yet, or maybe it has, I don't know, but let's keep things in perspective. Yeah. That this is literally what we're doing with our time right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, I mean, and that's true. That's, I don't know. But again, if people have different aims, if they're wanting to like really investigate, then that's cool too. Um, But I also haven't, I feel like part of the idea of investigating also would require you to go to some place multiple times and really get to know the place. And I've been to some places multiple times, but each time that I've gone, it's been something different. It's not like I've seen something consistently necessarily each time to be like, okay, now I got to figure out what this particular phenomenon is. Um, That hasn't really happened. There are places that are active and stuff happens every time I go, but it's not the same thing usually. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, we accept all levels of dedication to ghost hunting, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, also, I wonder how much of our appreciation for the term ghost hunting comes from um, our age and the fact that the first (laughs) show that was out that like was mainstream was ghost hunters right that's true (laughs) this is that's prior to ghost adventures it was ghost hunters and that was the first introduction that i had aside from ghostbusters but i mean who's actually gonna say i'm going ghost busting um uh but uh that was like the first introduction that i had to that being a potential thing to do was the ghost hunter show the original one yeah that was the one um, where, like, their group was called Taps, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Me yeah. too. The first one. And so maybe that's also part of the reason that I'm partial to that, just because it was something that was ingrained in my mind as a potential title since yeah. the beginning. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So um, why don't you tell us about your first time ever going ghost hunting? Okay. So my first time... All right. First time ever going ghost hunting was at Mansfield Reformatory um, or the Ohio State Reformatory. It's where Shawshank Redemption was filmed in Mansfield, Ohio. Um, It was a public ghost hunt, which was fine to see a place. Yeah. And I have been on a couple public ghost hunts since then. But overall, if you're wanting to actually get to experience something, I don't think public ghost hunts are your best option because... I mean, it was, the reformatory is pretty massive, but there were plenty of people walking around as well. Um, So to get evidence or whatever, um, you have to keep in mind that there's probably somebody walking around the corner or someone just down the hall or the end of the cell block or whatnot. Um, But that was the first ghost hunt. And what happened was I posted pictures on Facebook about it. And then a friend from high school well actually elementary school really because I hadn't seen him much in middle school or high school Um, someone that I was friends on Facebook with that I'd known from school contacted me and said hey do you are you interested in this stuff and I'm like yeah Uh, but I you know I don't really know much about it and he said well this is what I do Um, like every other weekend pretty much uh, we go out if we can and um He said they'd kind of taken a break for a while because they kind of lost the love for it. But he was like, you know, we're thinking about getting back in. And if, you, if you're if you interested, I can, I've can i got somewhere to take you. Um, and he said it's in Carrollton, which is the town I grew up in. Because mm-hmm. I was talking to him about how, despite loving ghost stories, the little town that I grew up in, nobody really talked about anything local. Um, even in the county, there are a few stories, but there's no like legend I guess that people really talk about so much where some some towns have dedicated entities or whatever that kind of get passed down through the generations we didn't really have that yeah um and I said you know I don't know if there's any place that if there's haunted a haunted place I don't think anybody's really talking about it and he said well I know a building it's abandoned um it was a former nursing home which somehow 
Despite Carrollton being a very tiny town, I didn't even know this nursing home existed. Um, <laughs> I think it closed down in 2005 or something. So it was relatively recently that it closed down. But um, anyway, he's the building is in horrible disrepair now. And uh, he said, let's, let's go there. We'll start there, and then we will go to a cemetery afterwards. I think that was the same night. Because pretty much after I did this, then it was just every possible time I could go somewhere I was going. Yeah. But I do know the first actual, there were only a handful of us that went, was to this nursing home. It was it's called the Atwood Nursing Home. It's in Carrollton. Uh, like I said, I didn't even know that it existed. <laughs> um, but we went in there, and that was my first experience with uh, even messing with equipment, really. He had, like, this laser grid that we projected down the hallway and the pen itself because it was like a pen that we had resting he had it wedged on something the pen rotated in where even though it was wedged it rotated the whole grid flipped and then flipped back the other way um yeah and he had the flashlights there was uh some so there was some yes or no uh, answers on the flashlight, which is obviously cool. And then he had a... It wasn't a spirit box. It was a... <clears throat> well, it's like a spirit box, but it's an app on a computer called uh, Phasma Box. Yeah. And he had that, and it actually the some of the answers that were coming through seemed to be relevant, even though this was a, a speaker. Um, since then, I can't like now I can't stand to sit in a room and just listen to a spirit box without headphones because it's just so difficult, but whatever. That was my first experience with it. Um, and yeah, like the, if you go to my Instagram page, there is a picture of a window. I think, I think this was the one there's like a chair in the corner and a window and underneath it, it says, I think I'm in love. Or something like that. Yeah. And that was how I felt the next morning when I woke up after going on this investigation. Because I'm like, that was amazing. I'm in this old building. It's falling apart. I'm looking for ghosts. And stuff happened. Um, which, I mean, now seems, from all the things that I've experienced since then, all of that was relatively minor. Sure. <laughs> but it was better than nothing. Um and so that was the that was the first time. Um, also, because I'm a nerd, <laughs> the nursing home still had just boxes and boxes of files, patient files. <clears throat> and um, so I spent a decent amount of time going through these files <laughs> yeah. and reading about the patients. Also, um, at one point, I had wandered away from everybody while I was looking through it and. Travis came and found me. He's like, I knew this is where you'd be. I just knew this had to be where I'd find you. But I'm like, yeah, uh, look at this. This history right <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> um, That's awesome. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. So that was the beginning. And then uh, I've been to a handful, I mean, more than a handful of places since then. But I still have big ones that I hope for. Yeah. But after that first time with them, you were pretty much hooked. Oh, yeah. That was game over. I was in. I mean, it just takes a little bit, honestly. Just a a small amount of of feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Like you to actually go out there and like get something. I, I feel like I liken it to like if you go to uh, like a new fishing spot, this might be the most redneck metaphor I've ever given, but (laughs) if you go to a new fishing spot and you're like kind of skeptical about it. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. as soon as you catch that first fish, you're like, Oh shit, there are fish in here. Mm -hmm. Like it's I'm, I'm here now. I'm in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's exactly what happened because the next time I don't, I don't think it was that night, but Um, the next time that we went out, we went to a cemetery in Hanoverton, um, which a year or two later, I'm there filming with 
STM for On the Trail of Hauntings for our first episode. Um, but I was at this cemetery at night because <clears throat> we had permission to be there. By the way, we weren't just like That's in good. a cemetery at night without permission. Yeah. Um, I'm not that reckless. Uh, and stuff was happening there. I mean, <clears throat> it, but it was a different arena. Is the thing like there's? It's always new, no matter where you go. Yeah. It's a new experience because it's a new building um, or a new place. And like I said, the ones that I've been to before, like Madison Seminary, I've been to multiple times. I have since been to Mansfield Reformatory, um, even on private investigations, multiple times. And it's always something different that happens. Um, Have you had some experiences there? At Mansfield, yeah. Mansfield is where... um, Mansfield is where I had what I call like the, a light being thing. Uh, uh, basically like a shadow figure, but made of light because it was completely in a dark room. Right. Um, but it was a humanoid figure that was light enough that <clears throat> when it would walk by these cross beams that were in the middle of the room, it would illuminate the beams. Um, but it was clearly, I mean, it looked like a human. You saw the legs walking and the arms and it would walk back and forth and then it would come closer to where we were and it would drop down on the ground and crawl, <clears throat> which I didn't, yeah, I don't like that. Um, Gross. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but it would, and it wasn't doing it in a loop either. It's not like it was the same, like we were watching something on a, on a record player just going over and over again. It would, it would move differently. And throughout the night we went back to that room several times and it it would show up. It would move differently each time, but it, it would consistently come back. So it wasn't like a situation where we saw it at 11 and then when we come back at 2, it's not there. Um, it continued to come back. And that was at the West Attic. Um, so you felt like it was like responsive to your presence? Yes. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Because we actually... <clears throat> When I was able to stand, because that, that's, it scared me. Um, not because it was doing anything threatening. I think I was scared because despite all the stuff that <clears throat> I had experienced up to that point, um, you know, like shadow figures usually just, they're there and then they're not. They don't stick around. They don't continue to walk toward you, at least in my experience. Yeah. Where this thing was walking toward us. Um, and I think that that just shook me more than I had expected. And uh, I was a little unnerved. But when I calmed down enough, I'm like, all right, let's let's walk toward it. Let's get up and walk. Yeah. And we walked toward it and it backed up. It kept backing up. Um we got to a point where, cause there were four of us there that night, <clears throat> three of us stayed back and Travis, uh, the one who introduced me to all of this anyway, uh, he mm-hmm. went by himself to go closer to it. And <clears throat> it, it would back away from him, but at some point it stopped. And he said that he reached out to it. See that I have to go by what he said because it was pitch black. So I couldn't see anything other than this being anyway. Um, But he said he got close to it and he went to reach out to it. But when he got to it, it looked different. And I cannot remember exactly how he described it, that it wasn't so much a full figure. Then he said it was almost like a a thin, very thin thing. Um, Where when we were looking at it straight on, it looked like a, a person. Uh, you know, with some depth to it. <clears throat> but when he got closer to it, he said it didn't look quite the same. Um, okay. So it, it, what it like started to look sort of like vaporous. You mean like, no, like- no. I mean, just like a paper doll or something. Um, just really thin. It still seemed okay. solid as far as that went. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. That it was just it was responding to us. And I've never seen anything like that since then. I've seen spook lights. 
um, which were totally different <laughs> than whatever yeah. that thing was. Um, and like I said, I've seen shadow figures and to the point that they don't really do anything for me anymore. <laughs> Just like, yeah, cool. I see one. I mean, it's, it's always startling a, a little bit, but it's not that big of a deal. Um, yeah. Anymore. Um, we've had at Mansfield. Jaded on, on shadow figures. <laughs> Sort of. I mean, <clears throat> it's always cool to see them, but here's the other thing is that there's most of the places that I've gone, that is something that's pretty consistent is shadow figures showing up at yeah. some point or other. So I do get used to them, but also the house that I live in now. Talked about. Yeah, it yeah. is something that's always talked about, but the house that I live in now, <clears throat> there's a shadow thing here that I just see so much that it's just irritating um, because it tends to show itself closer to like when everybody goes to bed it, it'll it do this thing where it'll come out of the closet <clears throat> or you can see it slink into a doorway um, and it just pisses me off anymore yeah. like I just like whatever dude I <laughs> uh I mean, the, everybody here has seen it. <laughs> wow. So it's like, we're aware that it's here. It exists. Okay. Um, and that's kind of the end of it. Just like, I don't know. It's just like an annoying roommate at this point. Kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's happened before. With Like, there will be times where it seems to have wanted to scare me. <clears throat> because the closet's right by my side of the bed. And the closet mm-hmm. doesn't have a door. And there's been times where it seems like it'll come out of the closet and like over me, like just to reach and I just roll over. <laughs> like, stop it. <clears throat> but what's That's odd so is crazy. that Yeah. The the thing is is that my um my mother in law had lived in this house for years before we moved in. And um she had told me about odd things happening. She hadn't talked about that thing. I don't, that, not that particular thing, but she had mentioned other things that she had seen in the house. And, uh, I don't know, it was several months ago now, something was brought up and she had said, oh yeah, have you seen the one that comes, uh, hangs over the bed? <laughs> you know, like, like she yeah. was aware of it too, because apparently it's just been here, so. Wow. I don't know. Have you listened to the, um, my fireside chats with Ryan where he talks about his experiences? No, I have not. He, cause he's been basically living with shadow figures mm-hmm. since he was like eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. Like they're just always in every house he's lived in. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And like describe some pretty crazy like run-ins uh-huh. with them. Like one, um, I guess he and I ended up sleeping in his computer room one night when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. And there was like a sort of loop on the bottom floor of his house, like computer room, dining room, kitchen, bathroom, yeah. and it all connected in a loop. Right. Mm-hmm. And he described this, like laying there and just watching this shadow figure just do the loop yeah. all night long. Just walk mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And <clears throat> it's it's crazy. One that used to like come out of his closet and like stand over me while I was sleeping on the floor. Mm-hmm. And because I like his house was my second house when we were growing up. Like I yeah. was there as much as I was home. And this is shit that he never told me in the, <laughs> in the time. He didn't want to scare I, you. Yeah, I found out like 20 years later. <laughs> but I, it was unsettling. Unsettling. Yeah. 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 That's <clears throat> what in the house that I grew up in, I never saw shadow figures. But around, I don't even know, probably around third or fourth grade age whatever the age that would be like 10 maybe 8 or 10 weird stuff started happening um 
where it would be like I'd hear footsteps go up and down the hallway at night. And it always, I, it, the first time it happened, I thought it was my dad because there was, there's a distinct difference in the way dad walks versus how mom would walk. Like mm-hmm. I could tell who was coming down the hallway. Yeah. <clears throat> and it sounded like dad got up out of bed and walked down the hallway to the kitchen. And I assumed he was just getting water. So I was waiting to just hear him come back and he didn't. <clears throat> so I thought, okay, something's wrong. And I got up and I opened the door. And uh, mom and dad were both asleep, snoring away, just out of it. Um, and that happened multiple nights throughout the years where I would hear something walk down the hallway. Um, there would be times where things would get taken. Like, I don't think mom and dad have this anymore, but they had this like pot holder. It was so old. It was a brown like pot holder, and um, mm-hmm. two of them, and the one day they were gone and they asked me where I put them. I'm like, I didn't put them anywhere. What would I do with potholders? Right. Uh, and they're like, well, you must have, cause we didn't, you know, we always put them back in the same place. I'm like, yeah, so do I, if I use them, I, I know where they go. Couldn't find them, couldn't find them. And then it, it was probably two weeks later. I come home from school cause I would be the first one home for the day. And they're right on the stove, right in the middle of the stove. And uh, <laughs> mom and dad swear they didn't put it there. It wasn't there in the morning, and I was one of the last ones to leave. Mom and I always right. left after dad, and then I was the first one home. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like stuff like that would happen, where the only time I saw anything was uh, I was a, a teenager, <clears throat> and mom and dad were at the store. I was at home <clears throat> sitting in the living room, and our house had that loop at the time as well it was like the living room dining room kitchen there was a loop right there so it was all connected and then hallway because it's just a ranch house um but uh i was sitting in the living room with my back to the dining room watching the tv sitting on the floor because we had three dogs i was playing with them the cats were in the room and uh all of a sudden they all stopped and like stopped moving and just stared behind me. And so, which was weird because of all of them to do the same thing at the same time is awkward. Yeah. So I turned around and there was a man standing in the door frame of the dining room. And I saw him and my, my instinct was, oh, that's dad for some reason, even though he didn't look anything like dad. Yeah. But I didn't like that's what I felt like like oh it's just dad it's you know something safe yeah and I turned back around and then it dawned on me that that didn't look anything like my dad and I turned back to look again and it was gone and then the animals were back doing their own thing oh and uh ever since like after that happened anytime the one cat would stare off in a corner or something his name was Nomar my dad named him after Nomar Garcia Parra from the Red Sox course um yeah uh he did that i think despite me because i'm a yankees fan but anyway <laughs> oh god don't say that on this show <laughs> anyway <laughs> he yeah. uh nomar would stare in different places and i would pick him up and walk toward where he was staring yeah because i'm like all right where is it buddy and i'd take him until he would totally freak out and i'm like all right something must be right here he was my own ghost detector um but he, I mean, his eyes would be huge and then he'd freak out when I'd get to certain areas. And I'm like, all right, something's here. I don't know yeah. what, I can't see it. I don't feel anything that's different, but clearly something is here because the cat is done with me. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's hard to deny that animal intuition. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Ugh. The, the story with the guy in the doorframe, that is, that is creepy. That is mm-hmm. very creepy. That's my, yeah. my mom always told a similar story to that, but a, a little darker. It just, I think the freakiest part of that story is that your mind tends to just fill in blanks or cover over things that don't make sense, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. like the fact that you saw a sh- completely strange, unknown adult male standing in your house and you're just like, 
guess it's dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I also would like to think that if it were something that was harmful, that something instinctually would kick in as well. Like, oh yeah. my God, that's not dad not or something's really yeah. wrong or what. But um, yeah, that's probably true. That's yeah. You know, the, the um, things going missing thing mm-hmm is something that freaked me out a lot more when I was younger before I realized how much parents lie to their kids. <laughs> yeah. You know, now that I'm a parent, like I, I fully understand, but sometimes something goes missing and then you yeah. find it and you're like, Oh, I put it somewhere dumb. Mm-hmm. And then you put it back where it goes. And yeah. later you're like, I don't know how I got there. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's, that's bizarre. Yeah. Um, because well, that's like a classic poltergeist thing, right? Is like the mm-hmm. things vanishing and then showing up in places yeah. that they should be or weird places that they shouldn't be. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've like set my keys down and mm-hmm. then looked for them for an hour yeah. or more, right? Yeah. And then when I when I finally discover them, I'm like, what? part of my brain would tell me to put my keys here why would i why would i ever set my keys like on the i don't i don't know like on the top shelf of a bookshelf or like right. you know like you're reaching for something and you set whatever's in your hand down and you're like i'll yeah. definitely remember that and you just don't it, yeah it's bizarre so oh, yeah yeah those the misplaced stuff tends to not freak me out like it used to. Yeah. But that is a very common thing. It's like, mm-hmm. um, you know, because also hauntings tend to correlate with like home improvements. You know, that's like a oh, yeah. classic mm-hmm. setup when you're changing a property or something. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's always those stories about like tools going missing on a job site or. And I generally, at this point, I chalk that up to just, like, people don't keep track of their shit. They really <laughs> just don't. No one does. <clears throat> That's true. Because I can't tell you how many times while wrapping presents that I lose the scissors or the tape. Exactly. Yes. Perfect example. On the table right there. <clears throat> yep. Um, You're yeah. like, why would I tuck this sharp instrument under my own thigh? <laughs> like, why would it be here? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Cause you just like you kinda go into autopilot while doing things, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you do all sorts of shit that you would never consciously decide to do. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. I also lose my glasses all the time. Yeah. I me try too. so hard to keep them like take them off and put them in the same place every day. <clears throat> but it's at least once a week that for some reason I take them off and put them in a room that I'm normally not in or for whatever yeah. reason. And then I can't find them. The one day I was almost running, <clears throat> well, I was running late to get the kids to school because I couldn't find my glasses. Yeah. And I had to put on an old pair that barely helped yeah. <clears throat> because I could find them. I couldn't find right. mine. <laughs> the current <laughs> prescription, but. Yep. Oh, wow. I am. Um, oh, wow. You know, I, I often read before I go to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's generally what I do before I go to sleep. And I am 36 years old, and I still fall asleep with my glasses on more nights than not. <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, today, as you know, I woke up to my pair of glasses having been mangled by my corgi. And that was because I fell asleep. I probably fell asleep with my glasses on and at some point I was like, you don't sleep in these and I took them off and just sat them wherever. Who knows? <laughs> on the end table, on the headboard, I don't know. I don't know where I put them. <laughs> but when I woke up, I found them jammed under my bedroom door <laughs> and they had clearly spent the majority of the morning in my dog's mouth. <laughs> it was not ideal. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, 
Definitely not. Puppies, man. <laughs> but yeah, so that just goes to show how irresponsible even a grown adult can be with, when they're not thinking, you know? Mm-hmm. Very, very true. You have lots of weird stories. I, I like it. <laughs> yeah, there's... <clears throat> I can't think... There was one place that I went to. It was one of the last places that I ghost hunted with the group that I had been going with. And I honestly cannot remember the location. And it was the only one, I think, where there was, like, next to no activity. Um, and I started to fall asleep just in the hallway. They were setting up equipment and stuff, and I just laid down <clears throat> and took a little nap because nothing was happening. Sure. Um, and after a lot of these investigations, not all of them, but a lot of them, they wrap up around two or three in the morning and then you're going home. <clears throat> and um, sometimes that's a long drive. Yeah. If you don't have a hotel in the <clears throat> in the area. So you should live like, in Indiana where you can go sun all night long. Yeah. That's yeah. what I discovered when I did go sun in Indiana because I slept there at the Randolph yep. County Infor- Infirmary yep. and then the old county jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blackford? Is that it? Hmm. Black? Is it? Yes. What? what? What's the name of the county? Blackford. Yes, that's what I said. Okay. Yeah. Good. Old yep. Blackford County Jail. Um, that was nice to be able to actually stay overnight and sleep. We didn't have to leave until like 8 a.m. Yep. It's like a hotel checkout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There are some places where you get 12 hours. Yeah. You're just what like so if you come in at 10 p.m. you don't have to be out till 10 a.m. That's the nice. next day. And the nice. yeah those are those are awesome. The Monroe House is like that. Mm-hmm. Which is less than two blocks from the old Blackford County Jail. Yeah. It's like right there. <laughs> um, people in that small town have taken to calling that Ghost Row. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. you can literally stand at one and hit the other one with a rock. Mm. Like it's, it's right there. Um, yeah. But yeah. Indiana's pretty cool like that. They're like, and Indiana is filled with places. Mm. Like there isn't I can't think of a small town that I've been to that doesn't have a place where you can pay to ghost hunt. Mm-hmm. That's Just, awesome. It's awesome and it's also kind of a bummer, if you ask me, that like it's become such an industry. You know? Yeah. Like I mean it's nice for us established adults who like to <laughs> ghost hunt to have like a nice clean legal way to do it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, true. I I do kind of miss the like just exploring weird old abandoned barns and shit that yeah. I would do like when I was a teenager. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can still find those. It just might not be the safest option. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. We here at Campfire do not in any way encourage you to <laughs> trespass on anyone's Correct. property ever. Yeah, like it's. It's dangerous. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. It's very dangerous, especially mm-hmm. people. I mean, we're around here. We're like at the intersection of the Bible Belt and the Rust Belt, and people love their guns. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. you better stay the hell out of people's barns. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There, That's more, <clears throat> more people around here will open fire before asking questions than not. Yeah. It's, Correct. Yep. Correct. Definitely. And legally uh, have every right to. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I <clears throat> I do appreciate, though, that the places that have embraced the paranormal as a means to preserve the buildings. Yes. Um, yeah. I like that a lot. Because, I mean, like, Mansfield is, it was saved by the like the uh, popularity of Shawshank, but then yep. it's still here because they allow the ghost hunting and the ghost tours and the, I yeah. mean, <clears throat> they allow you to tour the prison anyway, but people are coming for the ghost stories too. Yeah. 
Um, That's a huge part of that that area's history. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, but that would have been lost if there hadn't been that resurgence of awareness because of Shawshank and then the willingness of somebody to step in or a group of people to step in and say, you know what, we're going to open this up and preserve it. Um, There's a place not too far away from here called Molly Stark Hospital. Um, It's in Stark County, Ohio. And it's an old tuberculosis hospital. It was shut down in the 90s. It it wasn't a tuberculosis hospital in the 90s, but... Uh, it had gone through a couple incarnations. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, but uh, once it was closed down, it was just abandoned. Like, I mean, yeah. it became part of, right now it's Stark Parks owns it, so the county park system owns it. But there was no one really taking care of it. People started to break in, so then eventually they put a fence up around it. And now people just cut through the fence uh, at night. And mm-hmm. then, like, every day they're going back to repair the, fen- the fence. But it's just been left to sit there to the elements, closed yeah. down since it was shut down. And um, there's just no way. I mean, <clears throat> I, it had been about a year since I'd seen it last. And when I went this last time, it looked so much worse than it did just a year ago. And yeah, at some point, they're, they're just going to tear it down because it, it's going to it's a liability and also um, to fix it now would be ridiculously expensive. Like, I don't know who would do it. There's literally like a tree growing on the one part of the roof. I mean, it's not able to be saved at this point. And it sucks because it's a gorgeous building. Even now when it's bare bones, it's beautiful. Yeah. That would require some kind of massive private sector investment. mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and then what would they do with it? Like, <clears throat> they're not. I doubt that anybody buys it to fix it up to just open it for ghost hunts at that point. If they're going to put that kind of money into it, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, they places like that I think have been saved in the past by like turning it into sort of like a like a haunted B and B. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not just come here to ghost hunt. It's like an actual hospitality business. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Which obviously would generate a lot more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But the amount of money that they'd have to sink into it now to even get it to standard where you could open it up. Yeah. Or even for just something like ghost hunting where it doesn't have to be as clean as an Airbnb or, you know, like a haunted B&B. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it's not safe to be in. So... Yeah. It's sad to see that kind of stuff go. Yeah, it's... I mean, obviously, our old jail wouldn't... Probably still wouldn't be standing if someone hadn't bought it and turned it into an attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that... I mean, they stopped using that in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And I think it... They started... <clears throat> the current owners, I think, bought it in the early 2000s so it sat empty for about a decade yeah and um that's another thing indiana's pretty good at the government rarely holds on to buildings they aren't using they just like instantly put them up for auction oh wow um Hmm. yeah so you too could own a haunted jail yeah yeah that's what i'm hearing yep (laughs) it's um i mean our state is obsessed with the deficit with like Mm -hmm. it's the governors here they literally the only thing they campaign on is where they have the deficit that's the only thing any of them ever talk about so if anything becomes a money pit or leaving money on the table they're just like get rid of it go get it out like sell it get it the fuck out of here like so there are so many like city buildings that turn into other things mm-hmm. in Indiana it's it's odd you'll get like you'll get like franchised restaurants inside old government buildings yeah yeah just something that i've never seen in any other state <laughs> like it's odd we have like taco bells in buildings that used to be banks 
<laughs> like, That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's very bizarre. It's it's I mean, obviously it's good for historical buildings to in order to be preserved, you know, instead of just sitting on the on the registry and just slowly decaying. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, cuz when we went to the Blackford County Jail, they also walked us downtown to some building that they said had been a speakeasy yep. or something. And uh, we had the keys to that as well. We could go in there if we wanted, but it was so miserably hot Yeah. Um, that we were not going to be walking back downtown to go into an even hotter building. Um, yeah. But the, that, that building was falling apart that... <clears throat> I mean, you made, the, anyway was. you made the right call because inside that speakeasy, it's yeah. like 200 degrees in the summer. Yeah, it was like it's all black. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and that was, I was it's there brutal. in July, I think. So it was absurd. Yeah. Because um, yeah. Yeah, we were, and we were, the jail was hot, but there was one little area that was air conditioned. A little mm-hmm. living room. So, um when we got done investigating, it was right into that room. (laughs) (laughs) And the same thing with Randolph County infirmary, the place where you can sleep has air conditioning. So that's nice. Cause that's also something that, I mean, the shows like ghost hunters or ghost adventures or whatever, they don't really talk about this. Uh, some of these places are miserably hot or extremely cold because there's, I mean, they're defunct buildings and there's no, (laughs) yeah, if they have electricity, they're not using it to uh, keep the heat running. Yeah. Um, I will say a lot of them that, don't have restrooms. Right. That are functional. That yeah. was the thing. The first, uh, the first time that I went ghost hunting to that nursing home, there's no electricity at all to that building, and there were no bathrooms. That I mean, they had bathrooms, but you couldn't use them. Um, yeah. And we did not, I mean, we stayed there for hours, but then we just went home because it was just in town. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't imagine going to some of these larger places without a bathroom or absolutely no access to electricity. Because a lot of these places have yeah. at least a small section that's wired up for you to charge your equipment yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, for anyone interested in going to the the jail it's that one room that was air conditioned is also the only room that's heated in the winter oh, so it gets sense. super cold in there during the winter also mm-hmm. yeah when we went <clears throat> the to uh to do some filming back when we did on the trail of hauntings and we were in mansfield reformatory god it i missed so that cold. show <laughs> it it was so cold in there um, ghost hunting is and being in these buildings that have no heat in the winter because <clears throat> okay first of all for ghost hunters on a budget going in the winter is your better bet because the prices are cheaper also if you can go during the week it's cheaper yeah. um, but in the summer everybody wants to go ghost hunting so they up the prices of a lot of these places so anyway I did a lot of my ghost hunting in the winter it's where I discovered that apparently you can buy heated vests you can buy uh, cell phone uh, battery chargers that are also hand warmers. Yep. Like the amount of heated things you can buy off of Amazon, and I had all of them. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, there's the, I mean, and then it would be a treat in the winter if we got to a place that actually had heat. Because um, you'd just be bundled up, something horrible. But Mansfield is another one of those because it's a massive prison. There's. Yeah. They can't heat that. They couldn't heat it when it was active. You know, <laughs> when they actually had inmates, they couldn't keep it at a proper temperature. So sure. they're certainly not able to do it now. Yeah. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. I like you should come back sometime and we should talk like for an hour about the Estes method and your history oh, yes. with it. Like I, I definitely yeah. want to get into that on, on another occasion. But before yeah. we go... Yes. Tell the audience where to find you, where to follow you, anything exciting you have coming up. 
Alrighty. So uh, the easiest place to find me is on Instagram at Pagan Historian. Um, and I've got a piece that's coming out in Feminine Macabre Volume 5. Um, got some other short story stuff coming out that I'll post about on Instagram when it's ready. Um, follow STM, Small Town Monsters, to see anything that I'm doing there that we're doing. Um, and Small Town Monsters Publishing, we've got a book by Aaron Deese coming out very soon. Pre-orders come out or uh, open up on May 9th. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got Monster Fest. That's the big thing in Canton, Ohio. Monster Fest on June second or June third. Jeez, see, yeah. this is how out of it I am. June second, we have a premiere at the Canton Palace Theater. So if you wanted to come to that as well and make a whole weekend out of it, you could. But of course, you want to do that. Gracious, yeah, go do that. Do that. Listen, we've been working hard on it, <laughs> and we're yeah. <laughs> so tired (laughs) um but yeah it's uh i think it's gonna be amazing so yeah that's what we got going on all right links to all that will be in the episode description so if you want to follow heather and of course you do and keep up with everything (laughs) she wants to do just go in the episode description and they'll all be there thank you so much for doing this Uh, thanks for having me yeah any (laughs) time Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week. And it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you. So please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Campfire T-O-T-S-A-U on Twitter. And you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And trust in the unknown.